The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions. And learn how to make your yard summer strong at BeWaterSmart.info. The Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast dedicated to helping gardeners hone their growing skills while we celebrate our love of plants. So whether you're new to growing or a seasoned gardener, you're sure to learn something new. Join the fun as we have conversations with world-class growers, passionate green thumbs, and professional garden experts from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. Listen every week. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Well, all right, let's go, let's go. It's time to garden on. Welcome, everybody, one and all. This is the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I am your happy host, Kevin Jordan, the dirtiest host in the game, or at least I'm trying to be. Micro might have me beat. Got a great episode for y'all this week. I'm really excited about this this topic. It's something that's near and dear to me. It's uh, the foundation of all of our landscapes and gardens, and uh, just a great, great topic to dive into. And we have a wonderful guest with an amazing background and a wealth of knowledge to share. But before we get into that and introduce her, let's talk with... Uh, he's the Garth to my Wayne. He's the goose to my Maverick. We got Austin Blank on audio. How's it going there, Austin? Hey, hello, Kevin, and welcome back to all of our listeners, all our green thumbs out there. It's the best part of the week. It's it when is. we get together and we talk plants. Uh, Kevin, thank you for the very, very nice intro. How are you doing this week? You know what? I'm curious about, uh, do you have any updates from the, the the little side projects that you told us about last week? As all gardeners know, there's yeah. always an update. Everything's always changing. So right. for me, the garden is ripping, but uh, we've reached out to our school partner out there, Miss Medlin, uh, of a teacher out at Grand Oaks Elementary. Fantastic. We've got them some seeds and all the materials they need to get started, and we are going to go back out there in a few weeks, Austin, once those plants are germinating and growing, and then hopefully we'll, we'll go there for a nice little transplant session. But guess what, Austin? Yeah. So last year when this relationship all started, it was one teacher wrote in and tried to get a f- few supplies for one class. Okay. So the uh, the folks at Green Acres brought all these supplies out there last week, and now awesome. the entire school is on board. Oh, dang. So it went from <laughs> one teacher, one class, being stoked about growing. Now it's the entire school, and so it's, it's catching amazing. on. It is it is very, it's contagious, it's buddy. It's spreading. Oh, yeah. It's I love so it. positive. And so uh, I'm stoked on that. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Cool, cool, cool. And then uh, I think last week you were talking about your sunflowers. So what's going on oh. with those now? OMG, oh my garden, Austin. Yeah. Uh, sunflowers are epic, dude. They're so awesome to grow. Super easy. But they're uh, done now, right? And they're done. They're finishing okay. up. At least mine are. And they are dried out. All those petals are all dri- shriveled up and dry. The backs are yellowing and getting pitted and and, and ready to heart. So we've been harvesting these massive heads. I mean, 12, 15 foot tall blossoms, two feet across some of these uh some of these seed heads, these Two blossoms, feet. huge. I'll show you some pics. Wow. It's incredible. So the kids have been loving it because it's kind of larger than life. Right. It's like that movie Avatar where they're in the jungle and they're- It's like from another everything's world. Everything's just massive. From a giant place. Yes. It makes you feel like you're like a little little <laughs> elf in the woods. Uh, they're huge. And so the kids have been loving it. They're dry. We've been just you know, collecting them, harvesting the seeds, uh, setting them aside. So guess what? We're going to roast some for eating. I'll bring you some. Okay. We're going to roast a bunch. We're going to keep some for growing microgreens. Have you ever had microgreen sunflower no, seed? No, no. Sprout a sunflower seed really? and eat it. It is the best thing you're going to put what on does a it sandwich. Look like? It looks like a little seedling. And okay. so you sprout them up. And when you get just those first two leaves. Like a those, little stem and a couple leaves. Just a stem leaves. and they're cotyledons. Okay. Those little seed leaves. Dicotyledon. They're, they are dicotyledon. Yes, Wait, sir. I said it weird, but yeah, I know, I know yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Because they have two seed leaves. You, once those pop up, boom, you cut them. They're crunchy. They're sweet. And they taste 
uh, like a green version of a sunflower seed. Dude, they're they're okay. they're awesome. So we've it's weird. One packet of seeds has produced like a few pounds, like, like thousands <laughs> and thousands of uh, harvestable seeds, wow. usable seeds. Some we're going to keep and replant. We'll give some away. Um, maybe we'll feed the birds, uh, make some bird feeders. Okay. So it's fun. It's been, it's been really fun to That's do that cool with the kids. That's cool how it's multiplied into such a big, bountiful harvest. Yes, uh, it's the magic of seeds, magic that is gardening. Awesome. You know, I think the seed packet was a couple bucks. You know? And now you're, you've got a, a huge thing. Oh, that's, yeah. We're going to be amazing. eating just fine. So I'm loving it. But uh, let's get into this okay. week's topic. We've yeah. we got a great guest. I mean, prestigious is all legend. get out. Yes. We got Pam Bad to the Bone Meal Bone for this week's episode. And she has, I mean, a storied background. You know, she was one of the founders of the Northern California chapter of the Master Gardeners. So she's been there, done that. And there. that right there is huge to me because that is what... You know, we back up what we're saying on this show with their, you know, information, their, their resources, research. their yep. research, all that, right? So it's it's not just like anecdotal what we're saying. It's backed up by the science, right? So this is so cool that she's the one that started it. Yeah, and so they, they work, you know, hand in hand with the the university system and to, they're, they're training all these volunteer gardeners to, you know, help go out and do all these great things in their own communities and then educate other people about gardening and growing and here she is doing it with us. So we were super fortunate to get her. And when I say that she's bad to the bone meal, that is an understatement. So Pam came ready. She, you'll, you'll notice in this interview, she comes fired up with tons of great knowledge and yep. information. Like I said, her background in trees um, is as good as it gets. So if you're going to talk trees with somebody, she was a, she's a, a fantastic a get. A true tree person, plant person in general. Um, she's green, you know, more than her thumb is green. She she lives it, and her job is educating people on this stuff. So very fortunate, like you said, to have her on the show. Thank you, Pam Bone. Uh, we sat down at the uh, Citrus Heights Green Acres to talk about uh, landscape trees, but just in general, a lot of this applies to all kinds of trees, and she brings up a lot of uh, considerations and then best practices on planting and soiling, and we learn actually some kind of new things. So it's very, very interesting. We covered a lot of ground, for yes. sure. And I think that if you are, um, whether you're new to planting trees or you've done it before, hopefully you'll get something out of this interview. I totally agree. Let's go ahead and jump into our interview with the one and only Pam Bone. Here we go. All right, we're here with Pam Bone, former host of Grassroots Guide to Yard Care, uh, the, the originator of the Sacramento chapter of the uh, Master Gardeners, and many more. We, uh, Pam, how's it going? Oh, very well. I'm here to talk about trees, so therefore it's got to be a great day. It is going to be wonderful, so I can't wait. Before we get into that, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Uh, I gave you a quick intro, but I, I would love to hear it. Tell us a little, what your background is and, and how has your career been in horticulture? Well, I'm not from California. I'm from Washington State, and I love plants of all sorts. I grew up with a mom that just was crazy about houseplants, so they were everywhere. But um, And I actually majored originally in pomology, which is fruit trees, you know it. up at Washington State University. But I got a degree in plant science from UC Davis, and I was hired not too long after that to start the Master Gardener program in um, Northern California. We had our very first class. I was hired in 1979. I've been at it a long time. 
and um, we graduated our first class in 1980. Now, a lot of people know me as a current master gardener, and that is that um, I was a, a horticulture advisor, a landscape urban forestry advisor for UC Cooperative Extension for many, many years, and that's when I had my TV show, Grassroots Guide to Yard Care, for 14 years. And um, then when I left Cooperative Extension, I was asked by the Master Gardeners that I'd managed for years, uh, why not volunteer? So I am a Platinum Master Gardener, which means I've put in at least 2,500 volunteer hours. Just a few. Just a few. And so doing things like this um, and going out and talking about uh, trees and plants and I do water efficient landscapes, I talk about native plants, uh, I give a lot of presentations, I do podcasts as you for you and Which others. I'm so thankful for. And I've done radio, I talk a lot at home and garden shows and I work at the Cooperative Extension office answering phones there. Um, yeah, just a lot of things. So, so you've yes. talked plants a little I, bit. I've done, done plants for, well, what are we on now? 44 years of actual employment and volunteer service through the university well, about that, plants. Well, that's why we have you here, and that's why we are so impressed by you. Um, can we just dive right into some trees, because I am eager. Sure. So the topic of today's episode is selecting the right tree and tree care. So I think we have the right person for the right job. When, when preparing for today's uh, interview, what was going through your mind when you had to prepare? First of all, I want people to select landscape trees and plant them with the future in mind. I want them to have healthy trees, safe trees, and long-lived trees. That's very important. And there's many ways to get to that, but first you have to understand how to plant and how to care for those trees. And I do a lot of lecturing and teaching of master gardeners and other uh, landscape professionals on that subject so that Someday, we will have a beautiful urban forest even grander than what we have today. And in your own backyard, you'll have your own little climate changer. Uh, you know, talking about mitigating climate change all the time for the future. You can do it in your own backyard just by planting the right trees and knowing how to care for them. Um, when it comes to planting, um, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of us kind of get eager and we see a nice, big, healthy tree and we want to have instant gratification. I mean, I know I'm guilty of that myself. But uh, does it matter? Is bigger always better? No, it's not, actually. And the thing is, is that what happens when an oak puts down uh, a little acorn? They grow in my yard, yes, like wild. And, and you ever try to dig them out? Oh, they're impossible. That, impossible. that root is so strong. And you probably see two little leaves or three or four little leaves, and they've got this long root. Well, Mother Nature knows you've got to put down roots before you put the top out. In order to have a healthy, good tree, it all goes down to the roots. And the roots have to go out into the soil. They have to look for nutrients out in the soil. They have to look for water. And they can't do that if they're all bound up in a little old hole. So... Love it. Let, let's do a crash course. Uh, you are a total pro. You've come to us with, with such high regard, uh, Pam, that I would love to get, from your perspective, a crash course on planting our tree. Oh, okay. So we've hopefully we've selected the right tree for the right place. It's an, an old adage, but it's a good one. And then what you do is you take the tree out of the uh, pot and double check the roots again. Okay? And then you dig a hole and you dig it at least two and a half times the root ball, but if you can dig a bigger planting area, three times, four times, bigger. As and, wide or deep? And wide. 
Why? And the reason is, is that, and this, is, by the way, pertains to fruit trees, too. Not, we're not just talking deciduous or, or conifers or any of those things, too. We're also talking fruit trees. They're the same way. A lot of this is exactly the same. If you're selecting a fruit tree, you want to make sure you're Absolutely. looking where it goes in the right conditions for it and a good root system, all that kind of stuff. So then you dig your hole. What you want, you want roots to be able to extend out into the landscape. We found out that roots of trees will go out into the landscape anywhere from one and a half to two and a half times the height of the tree. So if I have a 20 foot tree, I'm gonna have roots out at least 40 feet from that tree trunk. And we've traced roots of native oak trees 250 feet from the trunk. Cause roots just keep growing and growing and growing out every year. Think of them like our fingernails. They just keep growing and growing and growing. And roots do the same thing. They just keep growing and growing. And they're looking for water. They're looking for nutrients. They need support and stability in that. So you want to make sure that the hole is as wide as you are possibly able to do it, but not too deep. Because one of the number one things that we see, especially in our clay soils, is that they sink. Make sure you're planting it on firm soil. You can make a little mound. Remember the, I, I don't know if you've ever read any of the old textbooks about uh, planting roses or planting fruit trees and you always planted them on a mound. That was for good drainage. And same thing with a landscape tree. You can do the same thing. Build up a little mound and, and uh, put your roots over that if you want, or build it up so that it's up a little higher. Uh, I always recommend that. When we plant our trees, we do the same thing. We'll yeah. dig it extra wide. We'll make a pedestal at the bottom. You kind of rest that, that, that yeah. root ball in it, and you can, you can kind of gauge if you need to add a little more, take a little off, because when we're done, we want that, that collar just above the just soil. Above. That way, when it does right. settle, it's either just above or you know definitely those, not <laughs> dipped and, in. Oh, and the other thing that I forgot to mention is you never know what happens it, it, with a tree that you buy. Some of that soil might have gotten pushed up against the uh, trunk. And this happens even with uh, bald and burlap, which we don't do a lot of in California, but we get a lot of specialty trees from Oregon that come that way. And the soil gets pushed up or in the container, maybe somebody gets a little overzealous and they put more potting soil in. And you take you it notice it's above that root level. And all of a sudden, you just see a nice telephone pole. And if a tree looks like a telephone pole and you can't see those first few roots coming off, you need to excavate. And you need to look for those roots, whether it's in the container or even in the ground a year later. And you go, oh, why is this tree just sitting there sulking and not doing it's very well? Suffocating. It's suffocating. Exactly. You're doing it exactly right. And then after you plant, you want to make sure another and very important thing is taking that nursery stake off, even if you have to the restake. The one that runs right up the Get trunk. Get rid of that bamboo oh, piece. Oh, I hate or that. seeing that. And you see a tree that's been in the ground for like 10, 15 years and that stake is still attached to Just it. Just think of it if your arm was in a cast and you never took it off. Because people will say to me, well, I can't take the nursery stake off because it'll fall over. Well, then you got to restake using the two-stake method that helps you it to it sway. Give it space and give and those movement. stakes. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they'll say, two years down the road when it's still on there or whatever. Well, but I can't take it off now because when I do, it falls over again. And I said, well, what would it do if you just staked your arm permanently in that? It, you just have this weak, sad little arm. It's not good. It's not yeah. good for a tree. They're weak. 
and they don't, another thing, you know what staking does? If you stake it tightly to the, it doesn't allow it to move and trees have to move in order to grow their roots. Branches aren't gonna form where the stake nope. is at. And, it's just, and you're it's gonna just rub and get injuries. Oh, and you see them get girdled up with the ties. Yes, exactly. Oh, staking, I have nightmarish footage, I, photos I could show them for years. Yeah, it's like teeth grinding, not yeah. good. All right, good. so remove those stakes, stake them good. up properly, yes. uh, give them some space, like you said, to, to be able right. to move and a little sure bit. And be sure to put a lot of mulch on. You're feeding the soil. When you put mulch down, all that stuff, all those little critters in the soil are breaking that down and they are releasing the nutrients in the soil. They're helping the roots grow. And remember, everything I'm talking about today comes back to good, healthy roots will give you a good, healthy tree. I love it. And a lot of what you were saying is like, it's, it's, to me, it seems like don't stress the tree out and don't stress yourself out. It's all pretty, pretty easy. And then water. Take it easy. Oh, we've done Let's a lot of it. research. If you don't water correctly when it's first planted and people don't realize how much water a, a tree needs for the first few several weeks or so till its roots will grow out into the surrounding soil, but yet not not keeping the same schedule that it was um, on when you first planted. Well, it's about to, we're, we're heading into fall here pretty soon. Fall is a great time for planting. Oh, Would you the best. Say, okay, there we go. So what kind of watering schedule would uh, a person take if they... Say, you know, a brand new tree, a tree in the, right now. You yep. have to determine whether it's going to start raining. If you're going to plant in um, September, October, early November, you probably aren't getting much rain at all. So you may need to water it as if it was in the nursery for the first uh, month or so. And that means uh, it's got a little soil buffer around it, but probably at least uh, uh, twice a week or so, and maybe even three times a week to get it established for for a short while. But it is getting cooler, the soil will stay moister, and you don't want to induce a bunch of root rot either. Now, what does watering look like? Now, is that me going over there and just giving it a quick sh you know, shot with my watering wand? Uh, I love like emerald water basins some, you know, garlic for young trees. You know, I like water basins. I like you to just build a little berm or a dike from the excess soil, build it up, and just use a watering can and fill that uh, berm up at least twice up to a, if you've got a, a lip there's a really nice thing on the tree foundation that shows a real good illustration uh, of a, a berm or a dike or all right kevin i'm going to interrupt just for a second here i'm fascinated by what pam is talking about here she's describing uh, the building of some sort of berm on the ground that encircles the tree that we're planting and i am racking my brain trying to remember if we've ever talked about this before and i don't know if it's been brought up what exactly is she talking about we've touched on it in the past a little bit but it's, it's definitely worth bringing up again so at planting especially a nice young tree and if you live in an area that's hot and dry you want to make sure that that root ball gets saturated early on. So creating a berm, like, and you, you actually described it very well, that little hill, circular hill that mounds up and goes around the perimeter of the root zone. And it's just a few inches tall, and it's just there to actually provide a little bit of a capture. So as you add water to it, it's actually going to allow some of that water to collect. Not enough to inundate, you know, the base in the, of the root collar and the trunk, just enough to allow that, that plant that's early on to get enough water down to its roots so it doesn't dry out and get stressed out. It's all about getting water to those roots. Okay. And are you making it out of the soil that you dug out with when you made the hole? Yes, sir. It's just like a levee. You're making a dirt levee okay. that's circular and it goes all the way around your tree. And is it around the mulch that you yeah, put down maybe, to? Maybe about two feet off of a, of a nicely planted tree. It could, okay. could be further if you want, but it usually don't, you don't want it just to, because what it is, you want it to capture the water right at the edge of those roots. Right. So th that's going to be at the, the most advantageous. Line. Yeah, that drip line. There you go. The right. drip line. Yeah, okay. right where that canopy kind of stretches, especially when it's a young tree. And so that's going to help 
whatever water, because uh, she mentioned that when you plant it, it's really nice to have it up on a slight little hill, right? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't sink down or into on a, a hole. A pedestal. On a little pedestal. Yeah. So you have a pedestal in the, in, the, in the hole you create, but the tree itself ends up being a few inches taller than the soil around it. And that helps with drainage and settling. But what, what it also does, it lets that water run down and away from that root ball. And so when it's young, it actually wants some of that water to stick around just long enough so that it actually can soak into our soil. I don't know if you're like me, Austin, sometimes you water in certain areas, you see the, the, the water just kind of slough off if it's sure. on a slope or it doesn't absorb quickly. This helps with absorption. Got it. Okay. Thank you so much. And she mentions too, there's some resources. There's some really great uh, infographics at the Sacramento Tree Foundation's website. And I'm going to go ahead and link to that in the episode description. You can see uh, infographics detailing exactly how to plant a tree. And uh, I think it's all just so helpful. Such a great resource she brings up. So Pictures um, worth a thousand words. Yeah, go check that out, guys. But we're going to go ahead and jump back into our interview and keep learning from Pam. Here we go. You know what I use a lot in my own landscape, and we use at the Hort Center, is microsprays. They're drip system. You still have to uh, design the drip system, but they are mini or microsprays, and they you can direct them away from the trunk. You can direct them spraying out. I mean, people use them a lot for ground covers and things. I find them they work really well for trees. I use them. For, I have a redwood grove, and I use them for the redwood grove because I don't need to water right next to the tree trunk where there aren't any real roots that are needing water. I need to water out. And, and I, my fruit trees as well. What do you think is a tree that's underutilized? Are, are, are there any others you think that could be better utilized or ones that are like dark horses, ones that have a lot of great qualities but people just haven't quite discovered yet? Well, I think some of the um, new crab apples um, would be wonderful for small trees. Malice. And all the malices, yes, the different ones. And um, prairie fire is one that I think is wonderful. And I don't see very much, many of them, though I think the nurseries, some are starting to carry them, but that's the hard thing about it. But they're getting a your hands on these. They're beautiful... a wonderful one. And you know what? I'm also thinking about things that are going to do well when things get a little hotter in our area and we see some climate change perhaps coming. And that was one that I, I really liked. And so um, there's the Japanese crab apple, there's the prairie fire. I liked, I mentioned Western Redbud uh, before, and that's a really good one. But I love Eastern Redbud as well for a bigger tree. They're both that's, beautiful. That's great. Um, there are the, gosh, the Desert Willow is one that I think is um, has some real potential there that would be very good, and we have it planted out at the, um, at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center. Everybody plants uh, crepe myrtles, but I still love crepe myrtles, and I think they're wonderful. And sometimes I think they're, oh, they're 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 widely used and rightfully so. I think so too. <laughs> and I happen to have a crepe myrtle. My neighbor has a crepe myrtle that I recommended, and they have just done well, and they've been in for forty three years and doing beautifully, and never had a problem. So those are just some smaller trees because we have a lot of conflict with power lines and. It's in the news with all the fires and things under power lines and starting fires. So I think um, I think we've uh, not thought enough about small trees that we could plant in our landscape that would still look nice and you could plant under power lines. Love it. So I have one final question for you, Ms. Pam Bone. Yes. Um, 
What do you love most about trees, gardening, growing in the world of plants? Oh, I just, um, I think trees are awe-inspiring. I think our landscape, and in fact, I know our landscape, go to a parking lot that doesn't have a tree in it. Oh, go someplace gosh. where you don't see trees and think if- it's a Nightmare. Think if neighborhoods, and some, unfortunately, we have some Sacramento neighborhoods that don't have a lot of trees. You go down to T Street and you see the canopy of trees and how do you feel? What does that do psychologically to you? And then you go to another neighborhood that doesn't have any trees and you feel hotter. You feel more anxious. They've actually shown that trees calm people. They make them feel better about their communities. They're, they're just wonderful. Everything about them is just wonderful. We just have to know how to grow them properly and plant them properly and take care of them properly properly, so they'll always make you feel wonderful for years to come. Well, here, here. Well, you heard it from Pam first. Uh, that is Pam Bone, ladies and gentlemen. Pam, I want to thank you so much for making time for us. As always, we, we got to learn from you. We, can, we get to add to your, your lustrous uh, legacy and career of educating others about plants and gro gardening and growing. I would love to talk trees any day. If any other subject comes up someday in the future, um, be sure uh, to ask, and I'm sure I'll say yes if it has anything to do with the tree. Well, I have a feeling that there's more on that bone that we can chew on oh, and okay. learn from. Clever. Uh, and we, we definitely will have to have you back because I, I, I love your spark, your energy, and, and your knowledge is just incredible. I'm blown away. Well, thank so, you very much. No, thank you. Are you kidding? Appreciate it. All right, Kevin, we are back. That was our interview with Pam. Thank you so much, Pam, for joining us on the show. Now, there's so much great information in there, Kevin. What do you think is our biggest takeaways? Big takeaways for me, trees are awesome. Whether you're looking for, you know, flowers, fruit, foliage, uh, shape, structure, shade, what the, have you. The they, benefits are there. The benefits are there. They are, they're so many and numerous. They're awesome. I love trees. Um, so that's one thing, but fall is for planting. So if, you, if you're into it and you love trees as much as I do, or even just a little bit, realize that spring is a great time to plant, but fall is for planting with the capital P. Okay, it so is, now is the time. Now is the best. If it's just one shrub, one tree, go for it. If it's your whole yard, now is the time to do Perfect. it. Uh, planting is crucial for the health of your tree. So get it planted properly. We, we talked about it in there, you know, dig the hole nice and wide, get a little pedestal in there to avoid that sagging and sinking. Get that stake out of there, Austin. Oh, yes. Yes, remove it because that stake that's attached to it in the nursery is, is just there for temporary purposes. Okay. It'll get in the way. Get it out of there and then get two proper stakes pulled away from the trunk that can actually hold it, of course, with ties that aren't going to, you know, rip into the trunk. So it's all these little things uh, that are right. really going to, I think, uh, multiply to the health of the tree. If you brought a through line through our conversation, really with Pam, it's all about nurturing uh, the tree's roots and getting those roots established yeah, totally. and getting it healthy. And so planting is part of that. Watering um, is also going to be crucial. I know it's cooling down a little bit, but a, a, a tree planted now is still going to need some irrigation, either by hand or with your irrigation system. So um, I loved it. I liked how she liked using different styles of drip with the micro sprays and making sure that the entire root ball is able to get uh, exposed to moisture and water and then checking checking actually your roots to see how deep is that water penetrating. So mm -hmm. deep watering, consistent, all those things I loved. And so um, it was just a great conversation. And then, of course, one thing we always talk about, and she she brought it up, mulch. mulch. Yes, mulch, you read mulch, my mind. Mulch. That's it, mulch, 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 yeah. for sure, and it works. 
young tree, older trees, um, established trees, even if you want to juice up mulch can be super helpful yep. for, for so many reasons, but especially when you're getting that young tree established, uh, it just provides so many benefits. Uh, so mulch it up, t- do top dressings. I love how she brought up yep. doing these top dressings with compost um, at planting and from season to season, that can be super beneficial. So uh, I loved it. I, of course, I, I always love all these other plant people we get to meet. Right. She was no different, uh, and I just had a blast. It was great. So, yes, I totally agree. There's a lot of great things to to grab onto there, and um, mulch, 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 right, is a big, big part of it, and now's the time. So if you're out there and you're thinking about growing a tree, go for it, right? What is the joke? The best time to plant a tree is 30 ten, years ago? 10 years ago. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. The best time is right now. Let's go for it. Let's get more trees going. Uh, they are amazing and are so rewarding, and I think it's it's just not that bad. With a, a few of these pointers, you're going to be successful. You do, you do the, the p- great planting, gr- some solid watering. Learn about how to prune those, those trees early on. That'll also create some great structure, not just your health, but the beauty of your tree as well. And like you mentioned, throw a little mulch in there. That's yep. the magic spice. You know, if there was a salt bay, there's got to be a mulch bay out oh, there. Someone you, just sprinkling mulch off their arm. We should do that. That'd be a good All video. All right, you've heard it right here. <laughs> no one copy us. We, we, we did it. Mulch bay. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, to Pam for joining us on the show. I look forward to having her back on, and we can just explore more topics. She's a great resource for so many things. And I'm going to link a bunch of stuff in the episode description to help you all out there plant your trees. So, Kevin, go ahead and take us out. All right. Well, that wraps up for another wonderful episode. I had a great time this week. I love trees, Austin. God, I got to get some planted this fall. For all of our listeners, I hope you all have just a wonderful week, a great weekend. But you know what? If you don't end up having a great weekend, no worries, folks, because in the words of the late, great Jimmy Buffett, come Monday, it'll be all right. Happy gardening to you all. And please never stop growing. 